Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. 15 minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will empty Welcome to the conversation. Edwin, what's our text today? Acts chapter 4, verses 32 through 37. I will be reading from the English Standard Version. Luke records, Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them, brought the proceeds of what was sold, and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. Thus Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. What an amazing community they had going on right there at the very beginning in that very first church. This first community in Jerusalem, and it's a lot of people. Um, you know, we had gotten a marker earlier in the fourth chapter talking about how the number of the men came to be about 5,000 um, men, believers. Huge church going on here at Jerusalem. Uh, where we left off in our conversation yesterday and uh, what verse 30, 31 of the fourth chapter, they were praying, they were praying for boldness. And of course, then the Holy Spirit comes and shakes the room and they spoke the word of God with boldness. And now verse 32, it is a multitude of those who believe one heart, one soul. There's incredible unity around the word that the apostles are preaching, and it's catching fire. People want to come and be part of it. I want to highlight what you pointed out a minute ago about that that last that last number that was given, the 5,000 number there in Acts chapter 4. What was that? That was verse, yeah, verse, verse three, four, three, 3. Three or 4, yeah. Three or four. It, you, you highlighted it. It's the number of men, which means it's not the total number in the congregation. You've got the men with right. their families. Mm-hmm. You've got wives, children, widows. So we, it's not unreasonable to believe you've got a group of people that are 10,000, even beyond that strong. What a, what a, I mean, if it was all just men and their wives, that's 10,000. If you've got families, you've got widows, uh, you're, you're getting that number way up there now. And yet here's, here's the way they're living and they're dealing with one another is – there are some who are in need, and there's some who are blessed financially, right? And they're taking care of one another. And so Luke is moving from a specific episode, uh, this time of persecution, and it occasions the prayer, to now a, a kind of an ongoing picture of here's some continuing life in the community of the church. He's actually preparing the way for two things, what we're going to see in Acts 5 and Acts 6. I mean, this is this is actually setting the stage for our next two weeks of reading, and I don't want to get all into that, but I do. I just want to point that out, that as we're... He, because he's, he's yeah. reaching back, he's reaching back to what it said at the end of Acts chapter 2. He's repeating what it said there about them caring for one another, but he has repeated this in order to set the stage for what's going to happen with Ananias and Sapphira. Talk about that next week. And then what's going to happen with the guys who end up becoming... I think deacons, we'll be talking about that, reading that in a couple of weeks in Acts chapter 6. But he brings us back to what's going on in this community. And I don't know how long I actually missed what I think Luke is actually calling to mind here. If, if we're not careful, mm-hmm. or, or when I was not careful, I should say it like that. I don't want to paint with too broad of a brush. But when I was not careful, I read through this. I mean, Acts, I've read Acts, I've taught Acts. Uh, in the years of preaching a dozen times, read it I don't know how many times. 
and it and it never occurred to me as I'm reading this. It's kind of like, oh, this quaint picture. Oh, this is really nice. They loved each other. They took care of each other. But I believe Luke is actually trying to call a picture to mind from the book of Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy chapter 15 and verse 4, God is talking to Israel about the blessing that they're going to have. It's really supposed to be pictured as like a renewed Eden blessing. I'm going to place you in in these hills and I'm going to care for you and I'm going to send the rain and it's going to cause the crops to grow and you're going to be able to feed yourselves, you're going to be able to feed your animals and you're going to be able to feed one another. In fact, the blessing is going to be so amazing, Mm -hmm. there will be no poor among you. Now, what's fascinating is just a few verses later, he's talking to them about the fact that they need to share because there will always be poor among them, which leaves us with the question, which is it? No poor or always poor? What God was telling Israel was, here's how I'm going to make sure there's no poor among you. It's not going to be because everybody gets a farm that is blessed and producing. It's not because everybody gets a business that is just booming. It's not because everybody has a savings and a great retirement account. It's because some people will. And those who do, are going to share with those who don't. And when you do that, there will be no poor among you. And so this was part of his call to Israel to not only love the Lord, but to love their neighbor. Israel did an abysmal job at that. They end up being judged, not only because they don't love the Lord and go into idolatry, but because they didn't love their neighbor. They didn't take care of one another. And here in Acts chapter four, what we actually find is where the kingdom of Israel failed, the kingdom of Christ is succeeding. And it's an amazing picture of of how the Christians were caring for one another. There was no needy among them because they were doing that exact thing that God had told Israel to do. They were caring for one another. And so what you have then is a people shaped by Jesus Christ and their hearts come to reflect Jesus Christ. It talks about God's great grace in verse 33. Uh, With great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. And so receiving these wonderful blessings from God, uh, molded hearts willing to share blessings with their brothers and their sisters in Christ. We're we're actually seeing the seeds of a a struggle that's going to come up, though. And I want to highlight this because in verse 35, what they're doing is they are laying these gifts at the apostles' feet. That's kind of an idiomatic phrase for the fact that the apostles are dealing with this. I, so I just yeah maybe a couple of things going on there it's recognizing this this common treasury idea mm. and that there are those the apostles that seem to be the ones who are, are uh, superintending those those funds and that treasury to be about this ministry for the people of God in the church imagine what it must have been like to be the apostles because they're the main teachers the main shepherds the main counselors the main you know they and and now they're managing the funds. Mm-hmm. They're the treasurers. They're the ones that are keeping up with and deciding who things are going to go to. We're, we're not going to talk too much about it, but that's setting the stage. we got to know that's what's happening when we get into Acts chapter 6. Yeah, this we'll, is, we'll have to call back to that when we, we get to We will call back to that. Right now, though, not a needy person among them because they are caring for one another. They are taking care of one another. I think about one of the reasons that they ended up in this situation, the way I've always heard it, and I think this is accurate, is that... On the day of Pentecost, you had Jews from all over. Right, that's right. That yeah. had come in. Speaking and, all those different languages. And of those 3,000, you're going to have a good portion of those that are not actually native to Jerusalem, and they're sticking around. Yeah. They're sticking around. They're sticking around, and this is a long time before you have credit cards. <laughs> long time before you have credit cards. And so whatever they had brought with them to provide for their trip is getting... Uh, and their stay during the feast times is, is going to start being depleted. And I have no doubt if they decided to stay, there were folks that were 
getting jobs. I mean, that's the way we would say it today. I don't know how they would describe it in their social setting then, but but there were folks in need and and they're caring for one another. That That's where we need to be as congregations, as the kingdom of Christ. I also noticed one more thing here, and I, I know what I'm about to say is not popular. It doesn't fit with our society and it doesn't fit with what a lot of folks hear, but this was within the kingdom of Christ. Yeah. This was not the kingdom of Christ getting involved in foreign aid. This was not the church setting itself up as a benevolent way station for everyone in Jerusalem. This was Christians taking care of Christians. Now, I know, I know that Christians, because we love people, when we see folks in need, we, we help and we serve. Yeah. But what we're seeing here is the one another love. The city set on a hill, just like Jerusalem. And and back in Deuteronomy 15, when they were following that principle, Israel, God was not saying to them, you know what? You guys take care of Assyria. You guys take care of Babylon. You take care of Media. You take care of uh, all these. The Philistines. Yeah. You take care of the kingdom. This is how I'm taking care of the kingdom. Now, there was, in some passages, the sojourner who comes in. And some of those blessings were given to the sojourners as well. But what a powerful picture, because basically what it said to the foreigners is if you want the blessing from our God, you got to come into our God's land. Be one of God's people. You got to come in here. You got to come where our God is protecting and providing. And that's that's really what we see in Acts chapter four. It is not this modern picture, which frankly is driven by the secular community, because the secular community is very happy for churches to be all about taking care of the people. I mean, there have been presidents who who wanted faith-based initiatives that here's what churches are for, therefore taking care of our community. It, it, it's not that. It was, here's the kingdom. If you want this blessing from God, if you want a part of this restored Eden blessing, you come in to the land of God. You come in to the people of God. And, and it's like the city set on a hill. It's the light that is shining is not, you guys continue doing what you're doing, we'll take care of you. It's come in, come in. This is the kind of love that we have for one another. If you want this relationship, come in. God's always going to provide for the needs of his people, and he's going to use his people to bless and care for his people. Jesus actually defined the discipleship when he he pointed out, if you know, here's how people are going to know you're my disciples, if you have love for one another. Now, the Bible tells us about loving all kinds of people. But it's interesting that the definition of how they're going to know we're disciples is actually our interaction with one another, and we're seeing it right here. Listen, maybe you think I'm completely wrong on that. Go ahead and give us an email. Get into our Facebook community, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. You can email us. You can get into our Facebook community. We can talk about these things. We'd love to hear from you what it is that you're learning from the Word of God. Super excited to get back to Acts chapter 5 next week. Right now, why don't we go ahead and wrap up our day and our week with some prayer. Our great God and Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for the week. Thank you for the time that uh, we've had to open up your word and to talk about it. We pray, Father, that these truths might be written written deep on our hearts, that we might be changed, that we would be gracious people. Father, that we might be a generous people, that we might be a bold people, that we might be a, a people of prayer. So many wonderful lessons that we have taken from this fourth chapter of Acts this week. But Father, may we live for you this day. Go with us and keep us. May we bring glory to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. 
Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. Well,